One of the other things that gets discussed within the context of uh, proper funding is our healthcare system. And a frequent topic of discussion is the state of our emergency rooms where I was in one not too long ago visiting a friend who was taken there uh, and was on a stretcher in the hallway for some period of time. And I would just describe the place as, uh, when I say a circus, I don't mean that in any way to demean the patients or the professionals who were there trying to help, but it was a circus. And uh, so the Toronto Star has done a very worthy piece uh, that talked about sort of who's there and why they're there and maybe tried to examine this question of whether it's the patients that get blamed for not being there when they shouldn't be. Uh, so we thought, uh, who better to bring on than an emergency room physician, Dr. Lisa Salomon, uh, to talk about this. Good morning, doctor. Good morning, John. So, um, you know, I, oftentimes it is the case that stories are written saying, well, the reason the emergency rooms are so full and that people wait so long is because it's just sort of blaming the victim here. Uh, you know, it's saying that people who are suffering from a minor illness just show up and shouldn't be there. Uh, the star story tends to suggest that even professionals like yourself, and I don't want to quote you, but the professionals that are quoted say, no, that's not really the problem. The people who are there are there for a reason. Correct. That's right. I mean, the vast majority of people really should be there. Um, you know, some people may be able to go somewhere else if they had that opportunity, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't come to the emergency department. There are many, um, many presenting problems that definitely should be in the emergency department. Um, you know, sometimes they could get care elsewhere, but they don't know. If you have chest pain or if you have abdominal pain, of course you want to get checked right away. You want to make sure that it's not something life-threatening. The patient themselves don't know until after they've had their assessment, after they've had their investigations. And if we're able to discharge them home, that's wonderful. Um, but sometimes I've had patients uh, present with chest pain and they're having a heart attack and they were waiting like for over a day because they were worried and they didn't want to be a burden on the system. And, you know, when I hear things like that, that really, really upsets me. Um, and I, I really feel that it's much safer for patients to come to the emergency department if they're concerned about uh, a medical illness that they have. So let me talk to you about two of the reasons that are the real reasons, not people who are showing up who are, you know, kind of uh, making a big deal out of nothing. Uh, number one, the, the day I did to go to visit my friend who was on the stretcher in the sort of hallway medicine routine, it was right beside the registration desk. So I heard all the people walking up and they were walking up under their own steam and didn't look like they were sort of, you know, deathly ill at that moment. And I'm not making any judgment on them at all. But when I heard them registering, the person behind the glass asked them each and every time, do you have a family doctor? And 95% of them said yes. And the problem, I think, if I'm right, and you'll tell me, is that they came to the emergency room because the prospect of actually seeing their family doctor about something that was bothering them at that moment was perhaps weeks away and that they came to the emergency room because they just couldn't get an appointment with their family doctor. Do you think that's a factor in all this? You know, I think that, and I go back to when I practiced family medicine, which was just a few years ago, I think that sometimes patients want to be seen at that moment. Um, many times they need to be seen at that moment. Maybe they're worried and they, you know, can't wait till the next day or they're given many appointment times that just doesn't work for them. So I recall sitting by my secretaries all the time when a patient would call in and I would hear them offer many appointment times and, you know, it didn't work for them. And so they might, someone like that might go to the emergency department. But I think what I want to actually clarify or, or explain, and you saw this when you went to the emergency department with your friend and the hallway medicine and your friend, unfortunately, lying on a stretcher. Uh, the, the reasons people are lying on stretchers in the hallway 
isn't because of those low acuity patients. It's because we don't have any beds in the emergency department. It's because we have admitted that was the patients. Second question. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You keep Go talking ahead. about the, the the circus, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree. It is a circus many times. Uh, but you know, when patients are admitted um, in the bed spaces that we have, where we should be seeing new patients, that's because the beds up on the floors, up on the wards uh, in the hospital, are full, and you know. For one thing, I mean, we have an aging population and a growing population. We know that our population's exploded. We know that, um, you know, we have a, an aging population as well. Um, and so uh, a lot of people are sick and we really haven't had an increase in, in hospital beds in a long time. But we also have a huge percentage of patients that are waiting for an alternate level of care, such as long-term care or um, rehab or more home care to be able to go home safely. And so we have a lot of patients who are waiting, taking up hospital beds that otherwise don't need acute care hospitals. And so the trickle-down effect is the outflow from the emergency department. So now we have all these patients in our emergency department that our nurses are taking care of who actually should not be in our emergency department and that blocks the inflow the inflow never stops but the outflow often gets frozen well and, and, and as problem. you would know because you're right there I, I saw that day and i've seen many times and i dealt with it when i was mayor it also backs up all the way to the ambulance arrival area where there are ambulances like many ambulances lined up with paramedics standing waiting as they have to do uh, in order to hand the patient off to the hospital and that uh, screws up the uh, ems uh, service as well can i just ask you a question about the shortage of hospital beds. Is it not the case that, in fact, there are beds in different hospitals around the city that are physically there, but the problem was with a lack of staffing money and staffing availability, in other words, nurses and others, to make sure that if you put a patient in that bed, there'd be people there to care for them. That's as big a problem as the actual physical existence of beds. Am I not right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I talk and when we all talk about quote unquote beds, we're referring to funded beds, meaning that there's funding for the nurses and staff that require to have a patient in that bed. As you heard during the pandemic, you know, a bed is just a piece of furniture. It's the staffing that you need. And so, yeah, I'm sure all over the place. I mean, one of the hospitals I work at, um, it's definitely a physical space issue, but um, most of the hospitals have or many of the hospitals have the physical space. The issue is that they don't have the funding for the nurses and other staff that would be required to care for patients in those beds. So recognizing what you said, and we've just got a minute left, what, uh, you know, if you were to give advice to people who are not feeling their best, and that varies between people who are just not feeling their best, and as you say, those who have things that might be more worrisome, like a chest pain, what what is your advice? Is your advice to say, well, look, you know, go to the uh, emergency room, or is it to try another channel first, like your family doctor or one of these kinds of things? Like, what what, what are people supposed to do in order not to add to the problem unnecessarily? Yeah, look, I, if if you have a minor problem that you know it's something that anybody else would be going to their family doctor for or walking clinic, you have a sore throat, you have a bit of a cold, you have a bit of a cough, you have knee pain that's been going on for three months, absolutely, I would recommend trying an alternative place like your family doctor or um, a walk-in clinic. But if you have something that you're concerned about that, you know, could be quite serious, absolutely, you should come. If you don't know, like, people shouldn't hesitate. And I think that's the problem. Sometimes people are hesitating because they keep hearing how busy they are. But if they have the worst headache of their life, they have chest pain, you know, if they all of a sudden have arm weakness or they have abdominal pain, then absolutely, they should come to the emergency department. The way I try to explain it to people is if it's something that you know, 
Like people know if it's something that you absolutely know, this is something that any other day I would go to see my family doctor, but it's just not convenient. Those are the people that I would suggest maybe think twice and try to get an appointment with their family doctor or if they're not able to, or they don't have one, then to a walk-in clinic. Very sensible and very helpful. And thank you, Dr. Lisa Solomon, an emergency room physician for helping uh, bring this story to life this morning. Much appreciated. Thank you, John.